Hear the word of the Lord, Mark 2, 13-17. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowds were coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me, and he rose and followed him. And as he reclined the table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. It was wonderful this last weekend uh, with Nike Bethlehem. And again, Kathleen did a great job organizing as well as Wendy. And again, all of you came out and were part of it. One of the things that was most exciting to me about Nike Bethlehem, that is, not Washington Bethlehem, but Nike Bethlehem this year, was that instead of inviting people to come in, we went out. Instead of the gospel message resounding inside of these four walls, I was standing out in front of the church, and we had speakers out there, and friends, the gospel message was bouncing off of the post office. It was bouncing off of the downtown building. There were people who were walking by and driving by who heard the gospel message. The gospel message went forth in God's hands. And friends, I pray that that is the beginning, just the beginning of his gospel message going forth, going forth from us. So yes, the time of COVID has seemed to be a time of setback and a time of slowing down. But friends, it will not always be so. And I pray that things like Night and Bethlehem and other opportunities for us to bring forth the gospel might present themselves and that we might be faithful to go forth until all of Camden and Knox County and Maine and the world know of Jesus Christ. So thank you to all of you that served this weekend. Well, today we're talking about the asymptomatic. You know, a big chunk of people that get COVID-19, some estimates up to 40%, are asymptomatic. Asymptomatic, there's another word. There's another word, sort of like social distancing, that we never used before 2020. I mean, before 2020, unless you're in the medical field, did you ever use the word asymptomatic? But now, here's a word that's become part of our regular vocabulary, just like social distancing, which we discussed last week. Asymptomatic, it simply means to have a disease but never develop any noticeable symptoms. For example, people with COVID-19 who are, who are asymptomatic, they don't want a fever, they don't cough or feel short of breath, they might not get bumps in their skin or diarrhea or lose their smell or their taste. So while the disease is affecting their body, and in fact while they may be infecting others, they're completely unaware. They're unaware and they never see medical attention. You know, especially in this time, especially right now, you don't go to a doctor unless you're sick. So if you're asymptomatic, if you don't perceive any evidence of the disease, you're not going to seek out a physician. You know, the asymptomatic will simply continue infecting and infecting because, friends, healthy people don't go to the doctor because healthy people don't need a doctor. And it's 
Isn't that exactly what Jesus said in today's passage? Because isn't that the problem with the Pharisees that Jesus encountered this day? They don't think they need a doctor. Now, does that mean that they're truly disease-free? Or friends, are these Pharisees merely asymptomatic? Now, the guys who describe the Pharisees, we need today's account, Levi and Ezekiel, they were sick. They were just as sick as could be. You see, Levi was a tax collector, and the Romans hired Jewish people to collect taxes. So the tax collectors were contractors, and they agreed to pay Rome a certain quota of anything that they collected, and everything above that quota was there to keep. And so tax collectors were known to be greedy and dishonest, and they were universally considered to be traitors because they had allied themselves with the oppressors. They had allied themselves with Rome. And the Pharisees, who were the morality police of their day, you know, they, they, they see Jesus at Levi's home, sitting at the table with all kinds of other tax collectors and sinners, and in their opinion, it violated quarantine. Why did he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And you heard Jesus' response. This is a response we want to talk about today. He said, those who are well have no need of physicians, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, friends, Jesus isn't saying that the Pharisees are not sick. Jesus is saying the Pharisees don't think they are sick. And so they criticize those who come to Jesus while they themselves refuse to come to Jesus. In this statement, Jesus is implying that the Pharisees actually should be coming to him. Because the truth is, they're not healthy. They're simply asymptomatic. And if they're not asymptomatic, these Pharisees are simply minimizing and denying any symptoms of their underlying sickness. But friends, the big question would be why? I mean, why would anyone minimize and deny symptoms of being sick? I just saw an article in U.S. News and World Report on Friday. It was titled, The Danger of COVID Symptom Denial. The doctor who wrote the article said, The desire to avoid disrupting our new normal routine can lead to overlooking or minimizing potentially infectious symptoms. That's why we do it with COVID-19, but friends, that's also why we might ignore the symptoms of sin. Because we don't want to disrupt our routines. Friends, we just don't want to change. We don't want to become uncomfortable. There are things that you and I are just unwilling to give up. There are things that we are unwilling to stop doing. So if we acknowledge any symptoms, if we acknowledge we might be sick, what's happened? Friends, we're going to have to change. And we're going to have to submit ourselves to a very undesirable visit to the doctor who might tell us things we don't want to hear and might prescribe things which we don't want. Friends, so often the problem is that you and I just don't want to change. We want to live how we want to live, so we would rather deny the symptoms of a problem than come to the physician. 20th century ethics philosopher Mortimer Adler was finally baptized at the age of 81. Baptized at the age of 81. He had spent most of his life avoiding Jesus. And Adler explained why he avoided Jesus for so long to the end of his life. He said, to come to Jesus would require a radical change in the way of 
like a basic alteration in the direction of my day-to-day choices, as well as in the ultimate objectives to be sought or hoped for. In other words, I realized that if I came to the physician, if I came to the doctor, things were going to have to change. If the doctor looked at my wife and said, you are sick, there needs to be change. I was going to have to change and I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to do that. So I denied and I minimized the symptoms. Because to acknowledge symptoms and to confess sickness is to submit to the physician and friends, that's going to change everything. We would rather deny and suppress the symptoms than to change and come to Jesus. You know, two years ago I sat in my office downstairs and I was talking to a man and we were talking with a man and we were discussing Jesus. And out of the blue, in the middle of the conversation, he just admitted to me, you know, he said to me, you know, my problem is not cognitive. I know all the stories. I even believe them. And he said, you know, that I think the problem is my will. I don't want to. And I looked at him, I mean, I nearly fell out of the chair. And I looked at him, I said, yes. I said, yes, that's not just your problem, though, that's all of our problems. The issue is, we don't want to. We don't want to change, so we will deny and we will minimize, because to acknowledge symptoms is to admit we might be sick, and if we admit that we're sick, we're going to need to go to the doctor, and that doctor might tell us things we don't want to hear and prescribe things we don't want to do. And so we would rather deny and minimize than go to the doctor. And so, so many of us, just like the Pharisees in today's story, what do we do? We go around denying and suppressing the symptoms of the underlying sickness within us. Because otherwise, we'd have to change. And friends, we plain don't want to. Because to confess that we're sick means that we, like Levi and the Zilf, would have to go to the doctor and submit to his treatment. But friends, there's another reason. There's another reason why the Pharisees and why we might minimize our symptoms. And that's pride. Pride. Because friends, religion, religion says, heal thyself. The Buddha said, no one saves us but ourselves. No one can and no one may. We ourselves must walk the path. And friends, that is the message of every major religion. Every major religion says, become your own doctor. As such, most religions prescribe a path of devotion by which you might become a doctor and heal thyself. Islam requires the five pillars of faith. Hinduism, the four yogas. Buddhism, the noble eightfold path. Modern Judaism calls for repentance, deeds of justice and righteousness, and a life of prayer and devotion. And the Pharisees? The Pharisees of Jesus' day, they were part of a Jewish religious party that was composed of laymen and and trained scribes, and they practiced a strict, strict adherence, not only to the law of Moses, they went beyond the law of Moses. They had their own laws, and their own interpretations, and their own traditions, which they dogmatically enforced. And so, as, as a result, the Pharisees generally considered themselves to be superior, far healthier, far better than the average citizen. Especially all those people that, that just couldn't measure up to their interpretation, to their laws, to what they were doing. Especially people like, you know, those tax collectors that were sitting 
around the table there with you. This deck, I see the tiny devil with them. You see, the Pharisees believed that they could be their own doctors. They believed they could heal their own disease. And that is one of the huge problems and dangerous friends of religion. Because in trying to be your own doctor and trying to make yourself healthy, healthy and worthy enough to come to God, eventually when you do, you've got to hide any symptom of weakness or disease or infirmity. The Pharisees simply can't admit they need a doctor because to do so, friends, it would be to admit they're still sick. It would be to admit that their efforts to heal themselves have been ineffective, that their religious works have failed, and would necessitate them submitting to and going to another doctor. More than that, friends, we can only heal through religion with our symptoms, not the root causes. We as people are able to manage outward behavior, symptoms, but even at that, we often fail, don't we? You know, we might somewhat successfully manage lower case as sin, but never get to heal the upper case, upper case as sin in our hearts. We can never get to the heart, friends, of our infection, the root cause of all of our symptoms. And the danger for the Pharisees and many of us today is that we can become masters of sin management. Masters of symptom management. We appear asymptomatic. In our own eyes, we minimize and deny symptoms, which, you know, or it's otherwise what might make us aware. We, the Pharisees, they refuse to come to Christ, the great physician, and be healed because they say, no, I'm doing pretty well. I got this under control. And while they might be managing the symptoms, they're unable to get to the heart of the sin. But Jesus knows only those who recognize they're unworthy, they're sick, they're unrighteous will come. Levi and his friends, they were symptomatic, severely symptomatic. They knew they were infected, so rather than privately denying it, like the Pharisees are trying to religiously heal themselves, Levi simply invited Jesus' invitation, and then he invited others to come with him to the table, so that they all might feast with Jesus upon his grace. And friends, this Advent season, as we consider together why Jesus came and was born that first Christmas, we need to consider Jesus' words in verse 17. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous but sinners. Friends, like these Pharisees, you and I may appear asymptomatic. Through the strength of our will or the force of our habits, you may become a master at symptom management. Because of your unwillingness or pride, you may have even convinced yourself you're asymptomatic, minimizing and denying any symptom of sickness within. But friends, however mild or severe, however frequent or few are your symptoms, none of us is able to get to the heart of the issue and address the infection of sin that lies at the heart of every You know, most philosophers throughout history have affirmed that something is just off-kilter in human nature. This is an infection, an infection of evil. 
Uh, Examples of the great works of literature such as Dostoevsky, Aldous Huxley, Orwell, Faulkner, Camus, others demonstrate this universal recognition that human nature is flawed, it's imperfect, it's inclined to evil. That at our core, friends, we're sick. That ever since humanity's fallen to sin in Genesis 3, we're all infected with sin. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 5, 12, with the lasting effect of Adam and Eve's sin. He says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sin. Like a virus, sin has infected all. And in verse 19 of Romans 5, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience will many be made righteous. See, the Bible is clear that as a result of Adam and Eve's disobedience, many were made sinners. All of us have now been infected by this disease of sin. So no matter how you socially distanced, washed your hands, or masked, none are immune, and none have avoided infection. Theologians call it original sin. It's the idea that something is broken within humanity, that we are infected at our core. Theologian R.C. Sproul called it a radical corruption. Radical from the Latin, Latin word meaning root or core. The problem is that sin is at our core. It is rooted in our being. At its root, friends, we are people born into a broken relationship with God. We're infected by rebellion and sin. We inherently do not do as we should. In fact, if any one of us who raised children we actually already know this, I don't know about you, but I didn't need to teach my kids to be disobedient. It came quite naturally to them. We discover quickly that human beings are not tabula rasa, they're not white slates. We are born infected by rebellion, by original sin. Now, one person might have more symptoms of that, and one person might have more severe symptoms, and one might have lesser symptoms. One might even appear asymptomatic, but the fact is, all humanity is infected. Original sin is called original because it came from the origins of the human race of Adam and Eve. And secondly, it's the source of all the sin we commit. Friends, this is an essential concept to understand. We are not sinners because we sin. We commit sin because we're sinners. Hear that again. We are not sinners because we sin. We commit sin because we are sinners. In other words, friends, we are infected with sin, capital F sin, at our core, and that causes us to commit sin, lowercase s, sin, symptoms of the infection this within. We're all infected with capital F sin from birth, no matter what symptoms manifest themselves, or how severe or how asymptomatic you appear. The fact is, friends, we all are infected. And what really needs to be healed is this infection. The gospel. The good news is that Jesus didn't come just to treat our symptoms. He came to heal our core infection. He didn't just come to deal with our symptoms. He came to heal our core infection. He didn't just come to help us manage our lowercase s sin. He came to heal the disease of capital S sin that causes all those symptoms. 
The gospel is not sin management. The gospel is not treating the symptoms. The gospel is that Jesus has come to heal the infection of sin that lies at our core. And how did he do that? Friends, he did that by going to the cross. As the Lord prophesied through Isaiah, in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Surely he borne our griefs, he carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Christ took upon himself our infection. As we sang this morning, Christ became sin for us. He went to the cross and died our death. And friends, in dying our death, he took our infection to the grave with him. And he rose victorious over sin and death and hell. Better than any vaccine immune to sin's infection now forevermore. Original sin, the uppercase S, that alienation from God was destroyed in Jesus Christ so that the relationship with God might be healed. And now, and all of the lowercase as sins that we've committed, the wrong we've done, the good we've left undone, can be forgiven. This is the gospel. The good news of great joy for the asymptomatic or the severely symptomatic. All friends are invited to come to the table, just as Levi and his friends were invited. And friends, just as the Pharisees were invited. Did you ever think about the fact that the Pharisees could have come to the table too? Jesus was there feasting with Levi and his friends. And the Pharisees could have been welcomed. Jesus would have welcomed them to come and to sit at the table with him and to receive his grace. But those who are well have no need of a physician, only those who are sick. And they were asymptomatic, so the disease went unhealed. They refused to come. And friends, Jesus invites you to the table. The asymptomatic or the severely symptomatic. All are infected. All need healing. And friends, the gospel is that all are invited. Jesus isn't interested in just managing your symptoms. He was born that first Christmas that he might grow, that he might die, and that he might heal your sin. The question is, will you confess your symptoms and your sin? Give up trying to heal yourself and submit yourself to the hands of the great physician. And maybe you come today and you're ready to come to the table for the first time, and maybe you're simply coming back for the hundredth time. Maybe coming to the table for you will be the first time submitting to the hand of the great physician. And maybe you're returning again today for another treatment. The question is, as we look upon this table of grace, is will you heed the call? Will you come to the table? And will you be healed? Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this table of grace. A table of grace that you set for Levi and his friends who were severely symptomatic. But a table that you also set for the Pharisees who were asymptomatic. 
So they just refused to come. So Father, may we not refuse. May we not refuse to them. Your offer of grace is so great and so amazing. Your love so divine. Father, may we hear, may we come, and may we receive what we need in the name and the power of Jesus.